0: This Dharma talk is brought to you by the Chicago Zen Meditation Community. Learn about us and our teacher Miyoshi Thompson at zenchicago.org. It's good to see everybody. Uh, thank you, Miyoshi, for uh, inviting me to give the talk. Um, last time I gave the talk, I uh, kind of started it off with us just getting settled again, and then I really liked um, how that went. And uh, I think maybe we could try that again. So, um, you know, we could just take a moment and just kind of get settled again. And we could start off by just taking a few breaths and coming back into contact <clears throat> with ourselves. As we do this, I'd like uh, <clears throat> for everybody to uh, try to reflect on your sitting today. And what did you notice about your sitting? What, what did you notice your mind was doing during the sitting? Is it agitated? Is it heavy? Was it light? What's your body doing? I would like, I'm just trying to do this to to zoom out maybe, maybe reflect on your practice, you know, over the past few months. What do you notice about it? What type of thoughts or feelings come up as you think about your practice? What parts of the dharma have been salient for you? like for you to just kind of hold that in your mind as we kind of get into the talk. So today, the topic I'd like to discuss is this concept of upaya. Upaya is the Sanskrit term that translates into skillful, skillful means or expedient methods in English. Upaya refers to a person's ability to tailor their message to a specific audience and in this setting specifically how do we talk dharma how do we talk about our experience of it and how do we talk about our experience of it in a way that it actually helps other people you know it's not so much uh oh i had this awesome experience and you know i like, want to just boast about it but it's you know is that helpful to other people <clears throat> Does it help alleviate other people's suffering? And this is, you know, also help alleviate your own. So just a short exercise we did. You know, and you think about what came up for you. Think about, you know, if you were to share that with everybody in this room, how you would share that. Now, think about how you would share that with your spouse or a friend, perhaps somebody who doesn't know anything about Buddhism. You know, I think we would be having very different grains of conversation throughout. A couple of weekends ago, I had someone ask me about my Ango experience. This person asked me the question somewhat along the lines of... uh, So have you become a better person after your, your retreat? And I have to say, I didn't, I didn't know how to respond. You know, initially in my head, what came up was something along the lines of, well, you know, there's not really a person to approve on, you know, but that totally would have missed the mark. Right. It just would have been some sort of snotty thing to say to somebody who had like no, Experience with the Dharma, and then I thought, you know, I was like, "No, that's not a good—that's not a good way to respond." So then I thought about the koan that Amit had shared with us a few months back about Mazu polishing the stone, and that would have missed the mark as well. And this was, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what to say, and I told her that I don't really know how to answer that. And I also feel the that answer missed the mark. What I was unable to do in this situation was meet the person where they were. You know, so they're thinking, well, why do you meditate, right? That's to become a better person. And so I was just unable to meet them right there. And what I've been thinking about for the past few weeks, it's like, what would have been a skillful way to respond to that question? And luckily, there are many teachings about Opaya in our tradition. And I'll go over a couple of them. <clears throat> the Lotus Sutra itself has multiple teachings. One of the most more famous teachings is about the burning house. I think a few of us have studied the Lotus Sutra. Um, <clears throat> we've had, a I think, on one of the Wednesday groups a while back, we went through it. So this is a story of a wealthy man has many children in a large old house. The the house is actually in poor condition, and suddenly the house catches fire. There's children inside. They're playing and unaware of the danger. The father calls out to them, telling them to escape. But the children are too engrossed in their games and do not understand the severity of the situation realizing that he needs to do something quickly to save them, the father employs a or skillful means. He knows what each child likes and tells them that outside of their house, there are various types of carts pulled by animals, goat carts, deer carts, ox carts, and each more magnificent than the last. So the children hear this and they're like, okay, and they somehow they're not engrossed in what they're doing anymore. And they leave the house. Was there an actual go kart, deer cart, or ox cart out there? No, but the father, you know, used Apaya to kind of get his children out of danger. So in that moment, that's what they needed. The sutra actually goes on that there's even in the most beautiful cart, uh, and that's outside, but. For me, it's a you know, it's a situation. I would do the same exact thing if I, I find myself. I do that often with my kids. I, you know, kind of tell them what they need to what they need to hear to kind of push them forward. Another example of papaya comes uh, from the Mumumkan, Khan, the Gateless Gate koan collection. This is actually one of my uh, favorite uh, favorite koans. Again, we're talking about Masu. Monk asked Mazu, why do you teach the mind is Buddha? Mazu replied, to stop a baby's crying. The monk asked, what is it like when the baby stops crying? Mazu answers, no mind, no Buddha. So here we can see that Mazu is applying Vipaya. His first teaching, is to directly stop a person's suffering. So this idea of like, you know, he's telling people the mind is Buddha. He's giving us kind of a conceptual framework to anchor our practice on. And once we've reached you know at a certain point, the teaching changes to where actually that conceptual framework is no longer needed. There is no mind, there is no Buddha. And I actually remember saying something like this to somebody like early on in my practice and they were just like, this is ridiculous. It completely turned them off to Buddhism you know um, or telling somebody you know that there is no self. Um, you wouldn't necessarily want to do that in the first meeting with somebody right <laughs> um, <clears throat> So I was thinking you know when I was presented with this question, so have you become a better person after your retreat? And my my response could simply have been like, "I sure hope so," <laughs> you know, or just something that would have let somebody enter into even a conversation. What are they trying to do? Right? They're just trying to enter into a conversation with me. And I just wasn't in a place where I was going to let that happen. I was too caught up, you know, up in myself and my own preoccupations. And I was, I was thinking about it. Too, I was like, so caught up being like, no, that's the wrong way to view it. You know, as opposed to, well, what is this person, you know, trying to, trying to do here and how can I meet them? So as I've been contemplating this, I've been trying to apply opaya a little bit more in my life. Um, And I'm, especially with my kids, um, I've been actually pretty hesitant to talk to them about, like, Buddhism. Um. I don't know why i think like i had a lot of people talking about religion to me when i was a kid and i didn't like it and i think my, my daughter didn't even know uh what a buddha was um i mean and so they'll come up in the mornings at six fifteen, and they'll sit sometimes with me and they'll watch the incense and they call it the daddy statue there's a buddha statue right there and um you know, which was fine by me. And it's just like, you know, at some point, you know, they'll ask, what is this? And I'll kind of respond. But again, I think this is just the same thing that I was doing in this conversation. Like, I don't know how to respond, so I just check out. Um, and as Gary Roshi says, you have to say something. So I've been trying to search for ways to talk about the Dharma and to bring the Dharma alive in my uh, children's life, a lot of it is action-based, but I've been trying to be a little bit more explicit lately. Recently though, I've had some help of some great Japanese game developers over at Nintendo. Uh, Marin and I have been playing uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and in this game, there are these creatures, it's like just a side thing in the game, but there's these creatures they are called bubble frogs. And they hide away in these caves under Hyrule. And uh, they're kind of like hungry ghosts, uh, is the way to view them. Um, and this is actually accurate. I like researched the lore and I was like, oh, there's actually infusing some Buddhist ideas into this game. And when you hit one of the bubble frogs, so Link is kind of the character that you play, when you hit it with an arrow, uh, the bubble frog um, drops a gem and then the frog itself turns into this beautiful rabbit with an owl face and like darts toward the surface. And so the lore behind the Boba Frogs is that there were once rabbits that lived on the surface, but they were so consumed with these gems and they were so attached from the gems that they retreated into these caves and they just hide in these caves because they don't want anyone to take these gems. So they don't see the light and all kind of vibrancy of these rabbits has been, you know, it's been morphed into these like, you know, they're still radiant, these frogs, but they're definitely not as, uh, I guess, as beautiful. When Link hits the bubble frog with an arrow, the frog wakes up, it drops the jet and returns to its true self. There's even a mountain in uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It's called Satori Mountain. <laughs> and uh, when Link travels to Satori Mountain, the Lord of the Mountain appears and it reveals the location of all the Boba Frogs in Hyrule. So there's like these like lights that kind of pillars of light that appear throughout uh, throughout Hyrule. And Link is actually called upon, you know, in a way to go and free all of these Boba frogs. You know, so in a way. Link starts walking the Bodhisattva path. So, Mary and I have actually been talking about bubble frogs a lot lately, and she's been bringing it up to me. Um, And um, this was just the other day; she was kind of arguing with her sister, and you know, I was like, "What's going on?" And she's just like, "I feel like I'm becoming a bubble frog. I don't, you know." She's like, "Can you help me?" And I just, like, took what they were fighting about. And I just, like, I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm like, it's just like what Link does, right? I just took it, put it away. And just removed the obstacle for him. And she's like, thank you. And then I talked to her. I'm like, well, what was going on? And she's just like, yeah, I, like, wanted it so bad that I was being mean to other people. And I had no way to talk to her about any of this stuff if it wasn't through kind of the language of this video game because I've tried to talk to her about attachment and it's just too abstract. It doesn't like make sense. I've actually tried to have her breathe and work on our breathing and she says like I don't like this. And so I don't want to push things, but it seems like we found a way to have this language around these boba frogs and really talking about attachment and like what attachment does to us. And we even to the point where we've been talking about like, hey, you notice like how badly you wanted this thing that you went into your room and you didn't want to go play, you know? It's like, kind of like a bubble frog going underground into the caves. And it seems to be really resonating with her. So I've been finding it very useful and I've been trying to now find other channels. I'm just trying to talk to people about the Dharma in ways that is that are useful to them.